3: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you all wherever you may be. I'm going to give you a quick rundown on what's on tonight's uh, uh, snowfall, the heavy snowfall edition of the Clown Hour. We're going to get into some NFL action, uh, recapping the uh, conference championship games, selling the debate is Tom Brady, the GOAT once and for all, as well as, um, and we're, we're going to say the preview for the Super Bowl for next week, it's two weeks now. Uh, but we're really going to touch on, on the lack of minority. Coaching, head coach and hires in the NFL. I mean, so much for all the uh, talk talking all, during the offseason about, you know, doing better in uh, and, and the wake of George Floyd's murder. But anyway, we're going to get right to it. Hope you all enjoy. And also, please, please, please subscribe and get the merch. All right. I'll y'all in a minute. What's up, guys? Welcome to this edition of The Clown Arm. I'm your boy, Scott Burks. This is my co-host. Below me, or may come up come up beside me when I uh, up, when I upload the YouTube. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, he's he's at the Wayne Nash. You can check him on uh, the Yard HBCU Sports, reps about all things HBCU Sports, as well as Sleazy Radio on every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. Check him out with him and his crew. Also check out his good work on sports.com and reps about all things FCS sports as it pertains to HBCUs. And we got a couple of guests in the house. Um, we're talking in this this. Very important conversation on um, lack of minority hire in the NFL. We all pissed off. So I brought the crew to get pissed off with us. Um, so right now, we like uh, like we have our fellow Aggie in the house, Previn Taylor, and as well as my man from Kaplan University's finest, another HBCU that me, some people may not know about, but it's a great school, great institution. My man, Rashad Myers is back in the house. Gentlemen, what's going on? How y'all feel?
1: Man, I'm doing good. Um, you were talking about the snow earlier. Yep. That snow's heading my way, so I'm looking forward to it with air quotes <laughs> to hit me sometime <laughs> this this weekend. So yeah, yeah. I'm 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 <sighs> trying to figure out how I'm going to feel about that in a couple of days.
3: Yeah, I don't think Rashad and well, maybe Prev, because Previn's you you in Virginia, so I mean you probably
2: well, I'm in I'm in the corner of Virginia. That really wants to return to being a Jurassic swamp oh, that it okay. was seven million years ago. <laughs> so, what we're used to over here is that pretty much from Williamsburg, north and west, they okay. get snow and it stops pretty much down the street from where I live. Okay. So, we are supposed to get a light dusting tonight.
3: Oh, that doesn't even, okay, gotcha. But I'll, yeah. but it's not I'm
2: um, go ahead. I'm so no no,
3: no, 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 no. Well,
2: I mean, if nothing else, you know, we got the start of the Winter X Games tomorrow night. Right? So I, I get to um, to chuck my um, my black card for a couple of days. <laughs> I enjoy that on the television. We don't get real snow here. I at least yeah. get to see it on TV.
1: <laughs> what you mean Sal Masekela is the host? <laughs> Not
2: even, I just said what used to, to be the man, host. What I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll host shoot, they can hire me. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, Rashad,
3: you and South Carolina, you guys had snow earlier this year, right? Or last year. Yeah, last we,
0: year? yeah we did um certain parts. Uh uh-huh. but I still say it's like a box of chocolates, man. You never know what you're gonna. <laughs> it was 74 yesterday and 53 today. So
1: oh wow.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, that, that South Carolina
1: winter life, ain't no joke.
0: No joke, <laughs> man. It's just like that. I promise. I promise. It is. Yeah,
2: oh man, I, I, it's that pneumonia weather without the COVID. There you yes, go. It is the walking oh, pneumonia weather. Yeah, the walking oh.
3: weather. Um, yo, let's get to it, fellas. Um, I know we got a big topic tonight, That being the lack of minority hiring in the NFL, as far as head coaches go, and we'll get into the nuance of that as it pertains to general managers and some new uh assistant coaches hiring. Uh, in terms of coordinators, so we we'll get to that as well. But I want to touch upon. You know since it was the conference championship games just happened right so I always mm-hmm. get y'all a quick two sets on what's going on here um so how about that Tom Brady look I'm not a fan of Tom Brady I'm a still a fan so I hate New England I hate all things New England um and Boston Sports of German because I'm originally a uh Brooklyner so but I will I gotta give props for process dude brothers the man First, he went to Washington, where a lot of people thought that he could get some trouble, Kuhlman's company here. Um, and he did his thing. It was tough, but he, uh, but he did his thing. Then he went to New Orleans, his house of horrors, slayed a dragon that was Drew Brees and the Saints that owned him this, this past regular season. And then he went up to the Frozen Tundra Lambeau Field, out uh, even though he made some mistakes in the, in, like, in the third and especially the fourth quarter. With those interceptions, but he went up there, took down Aaron Rodgers, Aaron freaking Rodgers, a a aaron Rodgers. For those of you who are familiar with Key and Peele. Um, so what can I say? He took a team that was seven and nine last year, same squad for the most part, now Super Bowl team. So I'll start off with Previn and go around for Previn to Rashad to my man D Nash to get your thoughts. Can we settle the? Does he have to, he doesn't have, to, I mean, he doesn't have to win the Super Bowl to be the GOAT. He is the GOAT. So should this submit this ship once and for all that Tom Brady, two Super Bowl losses and all, is the GOAT, period, end of freaking discussion.
2: In the freaking discussion, because we're talking about Super Bowl number 10. I, I yes. look, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> there is nothing to discuss. Um, <clears throat> You know, I, I'm, I'm not really into that barbershop GOAT stuff, mm-hmm. but if I got my list, yes, my number two would probably surprise every last one of you, but I'm not even going to get into that right now. What? I oh, I want to hear this. Look, yeah, we got to tease it. Or oh, oh, you want to hear number two? Yes, please. Yeah. You want to hear number two? Number two is the X. The X Man number seven, John Elway. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, okay.
1: That's not far
3: fetched. Yeah. It, right.
2: Yeah. That's my okay. number two. Wow. That's my number two. Um. Right. So, going on... For, man, as far if as you I'm said, like, with, uh, uh, Brady, uh, uh, Chris
1: Chandler, I would have all... been the word.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> like you did that one, didn't you, bro? <laughs> hey. Chris Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's all gravy for Tom Brady at this point. He mm. didn't have a single thing as far as I'm concerned. Ten Super Bowls, man. Oh, he lost three? Maybe If he loses three? Yeah. Who's going, who's going to say anything about that? Look, um, I'm not saying I'm not impressed that he uh, got to this point with the Buccaneers.
3: Mm-hmm. It
2: never seemed like a ridiculous proposition to me.
3: Right. We actually,
2: people tend to forget that uh, Joe Montana made it to an AFC championship with the Chiefs. That's correct. You know, he was, he was pretty close right. to getting to a Super Bowl outside of a 49ers uniform. Right. So that being said, <clears throat> yes, we know it can happen. Um, why wouldn't it happen with Tom Brady? That's a pretty good team he's got. Obviously, they were nine and seven last year, but really on the scales, they're more talented than the team he was on last year. that lost in the playoffs, so right. Oh, you know, it's, oh, gotcha. it's really not that hard to see. It's it's easy to it's easy to appreciate. It. As far as I'm concerned, I don't hate Brady. I've never hated Brady. I like watching him when he was in Michigan, and you know mm-hmm. he was splitting time with a pretty good quarterback back then. So right. You know, nah, I ain't got no issue with Tom Brady. I'm, I'm just going to appreciate, sit back and enjoy the show. Young line versus old line.
3: There you go. Did he split the time with, 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 with Brian Greaser? Was that Drew Henson?
2: No, it was uh, last name started with an H. Not Chad Henney, but it was somebody else who was Henson? a baseball player. Henson? The was guy Henson? was uh,
0: Henson. H- yeah, he played Drew with the Yankees, I think. Yeah, Drew Henson.
2: I think it was Drew Henson. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. And Drew Henson went to uh, the Yankees, I the Yankees, believe yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. And then finally came back to the NFL where he was less than stellar. Right. He should sure have kept his ass in New York Yankee. Uh, <laughs> well, quiet as quiet yeah, well, kept. Drew Henson was a good college quarterback, too. He was. Oh, he was. I'm
3: just saying, yeah, he, he, yeah. he did. It just happened that he did better yeah. as a pitcher. Big league pitcher, but that's not here nor
2: there. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He, well, he made his money in baseball. You can believe that. Mm-hmm. So, Rashad, what about you, brother? Pretty much open and shut as well?
0: Yeah, man, it's not even a discussion anymore. Like Previn said, man, closed case. Uh, and I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't even say anti-Brady. I, I just kind of always kind of wanted to see someone beat him. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. take him down. But uh, he's he's cemented it. Um, he's definitely the goat. And the, the crazy thing is, uh, with his, his his just his recent win uh, in the NFC Championship, he now has as many NFC championships as both. Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees in his first, you know, <laughs> that's isn't that a trip? Game, which is crazy. That's a Both of them, right? Both of them could be <laughs> in the goat talk themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so I think <clears throat> things into perspective. Uh, it's it's not even an option for me anymore, Brady. And as much as I, you know, back then would have hated to say it, he's definitely definitely the goat. When you think about the cat that he and, and the crazy thing is a lot of people like to bring it to the conversation. Well, I want to see what he does this year. Now that he doesn't have Belichick Mm -hmm. Belichick carried him and he's such a great coach. And some people have said, well, you know, it's both a collective effort. Well, Brady has, has now shown that, Hey, he can win without Belichick. And it's not just, you know, the coaching that, uh, that made the Patriots. And so, right. Case closed,
3: like you said, or closed case. Um, so D Nash, you'd anchor brother. Well, first and foremost, you know, when the when the season
1: began, there were a lot of people who believed that the the, the Buccaneers would go 10-6, and six, right? Right. They went 11-5, and five, so not much further off that that mark. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of things that I pointed out in my preview uh, before the season started that a lot of people kind of scoffed at me when I said it, um, one of them being that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have a fantastic running game um, behind Ronald Jones, not knowing that they would go ahead and pick up Leonard Fournette, which would also be a huge bonus to that situation, as well as LaShawn McCoy, even though McCoy really had seen the field um, much more than I have this year for the Tampa Bay Bucs. Also, (laughs) Tom Rose, That's the one thing a lot of people have
3: completely
1: ignored this year is how good that Tampa defense has has looked this past year. They looked good last year. It just happened to be that, unfortunately, Jameis put that defense in a lot of short-field situations which allowed them to get scored on and beat upon. That just happened to be what it was, but they did pretty good, you know, amongst the circumstances. You take that into consideration along Mm -hmm. with the fact that Bruce Arians is his head coach. And like I said before, Tom Bowles is his defensive coordinator. It's not like he was, he had Adam Gase as his head coach. He didn't have that much of a drop-off if a drop-off at all. If you look at the the head coaching position, well, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a drop-off from from Belichick to to um, to Bruce Arian, but it's not like Bruce Arian is incompetent. He is a very competent head coach. Oh yeah. So you have a competent head coach, a, a extremely competent defensive coordinator, talented defense, uh, the, the skill position was extremely talented for him. Probably the best he's ever seen in his entire career. It was going to take some growing pains for that team to make adjustments. Um, I didn't think they would make yeah. the Super Bowl year one. I didn't maybe either. year two. Yeah. But um, for them to do what they did is not beyond the realms of reach. The two things that I, I kind of wanted to ignore was the fact that mm, Drew Brees was going to be playoff Drew. That's number one. <laughs> and number two, the, um, the Green Bay Packers were going to be playoff Green Bay. Now, it's, it's kind of easy to, to point the finger at Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers had a respectable game, throwing well over 300 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. It just happened to be, like I said last week, Scott, a couple of mental errors that you needed to go ahead and sure up. One of those plays, of course, that everyone's been pointing out was that second and, and, and goal situation where it appeared as though he could have ran into the end zone and scored a yes. touchdown and, down, and did yeah. not, and which could have given him a, at least a third and short, if not a touchdown. Yeah. But just right. mental gas. The fumbles by Aaron Jones. Um, once again, mental gas, the defensive pass interference. The ones that were called and the ones that were called. But I digress. They let, yeah, let them play. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, except for that last uh, 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 pass interference, but I digress too on that. Um, <laughs> but but still, you know, it, it, it's, it's it's fantastic to see what we've seen out of Tom Brady throughout his entire career. And like you said, if there was any way you, if you can get into a DeLorean right now, and go back to 12-year-old me and say, Hey, first and foremost, there's gonna be a quarterback that makes 10 Super Bowls. I'm like, in what Techmo Bowl? Come on, son, be real. <laughs> Number yeah. two, if you'd have said, no, 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 not only that, nine of those Super Bowls would be with the New England Patriots. I would have attempted to slap that dude. Probably mm-hmm. not hard because 12 me was pretty soft. But still, yeah, the accomplishments that this dude has done <laughs> far surpassed, I don't care. Where anyone says, and I know people like to pull the Joe Montana card. Mm-hmm. And yes, Joe Montana did what he did amongst a, bu- a bunch of great teams. And yes, I'll go ahead and say the teams that Montana faced in the '80s were greater than the teams that that um, that, that Tom Brady has faced within his 20-year career. But even still, 10, mm-hmm. 10 super, two, 10 championships in any sport is insane to me. And I, I got to give it up to him. Yeah, even though I've already have. The, flake, the flake Gate and all I don't care about the Flake Gate. I always <laughs> said that, that was some foolishness, man. But but yeah. How many Super Bowls has he been to since uh the Gate? Exactly.
3: Yeah, there you go. The Hello, case closed. Exactly. KK's close freaking close. Matter
1: of fact, if look at it,
3: if you just took his career post-deflate
1: gate, you would still think he was great. You were like, oh, my God,
3: what is that, three, four, two goals? He, he has a lot to say about the flake gate, y'all. Can't, like, can't you tell? <laughs> can't you tell? Man, because I just got tired it. of the flake gate.
1: So the flake gate, was just, the fact that it, made the, it made its way to Congress. It
3: that was way that way was the, that was was the damn dickless. That was the damn dickless right there. Oh, that's my just,
1: God.
3: that's crazy. Um,
1: Man, let me wheel it back from the flake gate, dude. That's just,
3: oh. i I, I heard that yo um speaking of green bay speaking of aaron Rodgers, i gotta ask y'all this this is a big 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 deal remember when coach matt lefleur um opted to go for a field goal on fourth down with a down eight with two minutes and change left to go in the ball game and we were probably wondering i don't know how you brothers reacted but i was like at first, like, oh, okay, I see it. I get it. Like, take the points and get the ball back. Except that quarterback you're trying to get the ball from is Tom freaking Brady, right? <laughs> so, okay, let's set the scene. You're down eight points. It's fourth down. You're at home in the NFC Championship game. You have Aaron freaking Rodgers, A-A-Ron Rodgers, Mr. Bur- uh, uh, McQuickenberry himself at quarterback. That only eight yards away from the end zone. Could have been close if he ran for it. Maybe he would score, but that's not a here nor there either. But anyway, you're a forfeit goal situation. You're at home, a chief <clears two> goal <throat> on the line. Why don't you go for the touchdown? Get the two-point conversion tied because you get the field goal. Guess what? If you can do it, even if you get the stop, yeah, still needs these are touchdown. You'll need to win it this time. So I'm gonna do it, Kyle, I'm I'm gonna do it the same way again. Previn. Am I crazy for thinking that <laughs> That that Lef- that uh, that Lafleur should not have listened to analytics, should not have listened to the number nerds, and just went for it on fourth down when they had the chance.
2: Well, there's been a lot of number nerds all on TV all week long saying our numbers don't match up with what his numbers did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am still kind of beyond baffled on that analytics aside, because I don't, you know, I'm not really into the football analytics anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I guess I kind of just continue to focus on the uh, circumstance of what seemed to be a communications breakdown where uh, the disconnect between the coach and the quarterback about the nature of um, what would have been or could have been a four-down situation. My understanding was that Rodgers actually um, called the play on third down. Right. And and, uh, given that it didn't work out, um, led to the decision uh, not to, I guess, allow Rogers to have another shot at it. Now, going back to uh, high school and middle school, you know, under that circumstance, it doesn't really matter what the analytics say. Of course, I was in high school a long time ago. Um, the best player on your team gets the ball in his hands in that situation, In the story. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but, you know, it's not the first time we've ever seen a coach blow it on, fourth down, taking the ball out of the best hands on the team. It only happened in the Super Bowl a few years ago uh, against Tom Brady, by the way, but uh, we don't need to even go into that. Um, right. uh, one of our colleagues that we all, uh, uh, that we all know, uh, we've had this discussion a few times, uh, situation, hypothetically situation, actually going back to that Super Bowl where in my mind and perhaps in his you got these coaches, and I think they just want to control. They're thinking beyond the, the points, wins, and losses, and they just want to control the narrative of the situation. It's really bizarre. Um, why wouldn't you let Aaron Rodgers fire that shot? Right, right. Why, why do I, I do it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm baffled on that. Yeah, I,
3: I don't get that whatsoever. I, uh, I'm so
2: baffled I've run out of words to say I'm confused.
3: <laughs> like dude like what <laughs> this gets crazy um so how about you uh vishad i'm i'm sure you're you're sharing a
0: brain with our boy here yeah i'm with you scott and previn uh i'm i'm beyond baffled as well i just don't get that um you know having a goat quarterback in and of himself uh with the ball i don't see why you don't go for it there. um you know and then not only that situation, but I, I thought Aaron should have should have ran it on third down. But still, you you put your put the ball in the, the hands of your best player. Um, he's having an MVP season. He's playing, you know, great. And I just think that uh, sometimes coaches get too cute. You right. know, you making millions of dollars to make good decisions, and so uh, to me that was a horrible decision. Like you said, I, mean, I understand taking the points there, but even with the three, you have to come back and score anyway. You know, right. It's still, uh, uh, one possession game and and so I, I just don't understand that. Um I'm i I'm still trying to wrap my my brain around why he why he did that. And LaFleur, I think he kinda felt it because even in a lot of his post game interviews, he just had that look on his face like I, I knew it, but I didn't do it. You know, and so yeah. He kind of blew that and I think he knows it. And he says so as much as Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah I was just saying that same look on his face that Pete Carroll had Yeah, right,
2: exactly.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Give beast mode the ball.
3: I'm still in therapy over that call, but go ahead. Yeah, man. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) All right, D. Well, first and foremost, right?
1: Um I I I I I, it looks like I'm the only person who is in opposition to uh agree with Pete Carroll with that call. You talk about having the ball in the best player's hands, the best player is most definitely Russell Wilson. Stop playing. And the only other person I, I've seen that ever agrees with me in that situation is uh, Bart Scott, which is scary in itself, but I digress, right? Um,
3: <laughs> Good champ.
1: But yeah, so th- instead of making this boring, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and look at it from, uh, 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 I, I hate to say devil's advocate, I'm going to go ahead and say to the floor advocate, right? Uh, I'm going to say that a little bit of Matt LaFleur from his time of being here in D.C. has stuck with me, and I'm going to go ahead and look at it from, from his lens, right? You, you have the ball in the hands of your best player, for first, second, and third down within, the, um, within the, the, the goal region, right? Right. And not only does he not decide to run the ball or make a good decision on second down where he throws the incomplete pass, he does it again on third down. Fourth and down. you're like, okay, hmm, do I dare give him an opportunity to do this again on fourth down, or do I go ahead and take the points? So, And, and also, the way that the defense has looked, especially in the fourth quarter, where they've been capable of, of getting turnovers, it's a possibility that not only would they – it's not. It's a possibility that they, they could either turn the ball over or get them out on downs, right, and right. get the ball back. So <clears> let's <throat> just go ahead and get the guarantee points, get, but um, give them the ball back, leave it into our hands of our defense, and hopefully they make plays. But Correct. it goes back to that one thing that I talked about again last week, Scott. I hate being here. The one thing – it, it sounds like I'm gloating a lot of times when I do this, but I hate doing this. I hate being Nostradamus. You
3: don't. You, don't, you, don't, you don't hate it. Embrace it. <laughs> Embrace that shit.
1: You know what? It's a lot. I, I do love it. I do love it. I do enjoy <laughs> being Nostradamus. Looks like I said last week, mental mistakes, right? Mental right. mistakes in that, that that last drive is what really hurt them. You had the the the, the 12 men on the field, mental gaffe. Right. You had mm-hmm. that encroachment, mental gaffe. Pass interference, he was getting beat anyway. I understand why he did it, but yo, You don't want to give up the seven. It's fine. It is fine. But just play better defense in that situation. It's kind of a mental gap, but at the same time, you don't want to give up the six. But you still had two mental gaps by that defense, which allowed them to go ahead, run the clock out, and and do that. So if that defense plays more discipline in that situation, it's a possibility they can go ahead, get them off the field, get the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands, and potentially score a touchdown. So I understand why LeFord did it. Um, I don't know if I – it would have been real tough for me to uh, uh, to say whether or not I would have done that or not. It's easy to do it, of course, as a Monday morning coach. Um, but within that situation, I'm just thinking, dude, okay, go ahead, take the points. The defense has been doing what they've been doing. Get them back on the field. Hopefully they can go ahead and save us and put us in a situation to go ahead, take this out and win this one. But once again, the Green Bay Packers <laughs> played like playoff Green Bay Packers.
3: There you go. Aaron Rodgers became playoff Aaron Rodgers. Do you know that he only won, he's only won one NFC chip I mean, he's he's one in four in NFC Championship games. Yeah. One
1: in four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The greatest one of the though.
3: See what else?
2: He's been to five, though.
3: Yeah, he has been to five. Yeah, I guess so.
1: He's, been five. <laughs> he's also six and six in his last what, six playoff um appearance? Well, the last, the last six years making it to the playoffs. So it's him, but it's not necessarily him because he's had great performances when he's made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's just been mental gas on the rest of the team.
3: Right. So there you well, go. Along
1: from him, he just had to... It's been one or two plays on his part. But yeah, all this talk about moving on from Aaron Rodgers with um, the Green Bay Packers, take it from me, for a team um, of a fan of an organization who's been looking for a quarterback for what? 10, 20, 30, my entire lifetime. <laughs> um, you might not want to go ahead and, and do that. Dude, you've gone from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers back to oh, back. I've had man. to look at the likes of Joe Theismann get hurt. Doug Williams gets shunned after a Super Bowl win. Right. Jay Schrader, BJ Schrader. Mark Rippon had one fantastic year. But I don't want to sit here and just cry about the Washington football team because I could do that for an entire hour. We don't have that kind of time. We don't have that kind of time, dude.
3: Well, you know what?
2: Hey,
3: you know, right? <laughs> well, if, if it makes you feel better, hey, it was better, a good brother, use with Mark Brunel. It was right. a good
1: use with Mark Brunel and with Brad Johnson, but you know, just wasn't good yeah, enough. Long neck
3: Brad Johnson, long neck Brad Johnson with that <laughs> 10 foot <the> long <laughs> neck. Um, if it, AD, hey, if it makes you feel any better, the same with you, Previn, same with you, Rashad, if it makes y'all feel any better, you're going to probably kick my ass for saying this, but. I felt Japan's a Steelers fan in the 80s. When Terry yeah. Bradshaw retired at yeah. the end of the 1982 season, we had a run of, oh, I don't know, Webby Brister, Neil yeah. Ahold to the damn Baltimore, Mark, Mark Malone, yeah. Clint yeah. Stout, yeah. Uh, David Woodley in the trade from uh, with, uh, with the Dolphins. Yes, I'm yeah. not old. Um, and also, Cordell Stirl, which Cordell. broke my heart. I wanted him to work out so well. Obviously, he didn't. Tommy Maddox, touchdown yeah. Tommy Maddox. Uh, Jim Miller, uh, am I forgetting anyone? I I don't know if I am. Oh, Tommy Max. Tommy yeah. Max. So we had to run those runs of quarterbacks from the, from the from, from 1983 on to when Big Ben was drafted in 2004. Yeah. Could be worse. No, but at least you
1: had playoff years with, with some of them. Q well, players.
3: that's true, too. But those were by the yeah. grace of God. That was from the grace of God. The Championship
2: years. game with Cordell. That's yeah. correct. That's correct. Yeah. Two of them, two of
3: them, yeah, yeah, two of them. Uh, um, oh, yes, that's right, two of them, yes, yeah, two of them. Which he threw literally threw the game away <laughs> in both of those games. Um, but again, as I as we had playoff prepares, but we had that franchise quarterback for damn near 20 years, yeah. So I, I was I, a
0: big Santonio Holmes guy, not to cut I, you I, off, Scott. no, no, that's no, all right. I, Hey, I love yeah. him. Yeah. He he, he yeah, had to get man. high. I always I remember him. uh that, that touchdown in the corner of the end zone from uh Ben to him.
3: Yes. Oh
0: yeah. Super Bowl that year, one man. That, that was, was one of those iconic moments. moments.
3: Yep. That's... The toe tap.
0: Yeah, the yeah. toe tap. Yeah.
3: Toe tap again. But we may in the go Hey, the and, and y'all depending on how they hit we have the big Ben Robertsburg situation, we may go through another 20 years to find a franchise quarterback. But but that's what not you mean. Thing. You
1: got the savior
2: you in the house and Dwayne
3: Haskins. What you talking about? <laughs> just Move trade right it along. Up. Move <laughs> right along. Um,
2: That's the key.
3: Yeah. We're gonna to get to the crux of this. Of this why I have the, 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 my two guests, our two guests on. Um, because we normally rap about things, all the things HBCU, athletics, compared to athletics, especially. Um, then we football. Let's let, uh, let's let's just be real. Uh, football, even though A&T has the second-ranked uh, track team in the country,
0: let them know. That's let big. Know, and I'm, hey, that's big, and I'm a track coach, man. I'm a high school. That's track. right, you are. Big salute right. to a and what they're doing, man. Yes, Ross is a, a thank you. Amazing. Yes, sir. So, anyway, like I got something to do with it, but I say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta it. You gotta, you gotta and, own
3: it,
0: man. <laughs> and they just signed a yeah. uh, top five. Uh, Recruit on the women's side coming out of high school, man. They're getting yeah to Georgia, yeah, yeah. yeah
3: Wayne we're getting, we're getting them. our young swear. lady can run. Yeah, we are getting them. We are freaking getting them. Um, Wayne freaking Ross, dude. I swear, dude. Yeah, man. He, he's the man. Um, but 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 in this this case, instead of talking about what we love in HBCU athletics that we just touched on right just right right uh right now, we gotta get to the sad part, of the whole deal. NFL just recently had his hiring cycle. Every year is a black money right at the end of the regular season, right? And you and you figure, especially after what not only what happened last offseason, but what happened during like like shortly thereafter the offseason, which with George Floyd's murder, right? And in, in, in the in in, in the Minneapolis. I'm not gonna call it a killing. I'm gonna call it a murder. That's just, that's, that's, that's what it was. was. Right. It was right. That's just calling for what it was. But anyway. I say that because a lot of organizations, y'all remember, all those organizations pledged to learn more about white, things about white supremacy, systemic racism, more the, the lack of minority hiring when it comes to upper executive positions managerial positions uh, and whatnot. You had a lot of, like, I think Target, Walmart, uh, Google, a bunch of, like, uh, 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 Silicon Valley companies putting out tweets promoting, wanted to pledge to improve. Which is fine, it's lip service, but I mean that's hell, that's a start. And then one of those being the NFL, after, after um the the, the black stars, including well, headlined by if you will, uh, Patrick Mahomes, put out a, a video segment that said "Black Lives Matter," which made the NFL and Roger Goodell say "Black Lives Matter." So they, I'll, I'm saying all this to say they they all pledged all the teams, all all 32 teams. Pledge to do better when it comes to minority hiring. All right. So fast forward to um, that that the, that that first Monday in, in January after the season. I got a list of NFL hires. You guys know the NFL <laughs> hires. I'm just going to read that out to right you. But I'm I'm read out to you anyway. I I I because again I wanted to start now because I know all of you guys have a lot to say, and I want you guys to have a lot to say. We got time. All right. So we got time. Uh, so I'm going to start with the New York Jets, who typically get it wrong. They hired a guy named Robert uh, uh, Saleh. He's a dis- former defense coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, he is the first uh, uh, Muslim American to coach, which is cool. Awesome. Uh, he, I think he makes himself to be brown, which is great. I mean, he technically is a minority. All right, so that's cool. We'll move right along. The Chargers hired a dude named Brandon Staley, who's a former Ramson defense coordinator, which goes to show you again. If you even as much jerk off uh um the Rams head coach, like um I forget this the motherfucker's name, but if you at show least him him, show him the face. So if you, show at least Zay. if you made the appearance of jerking <laughs> him off, you're gonna get a shot. All right. So let's move on to the Detroit Lions. You got a dude named Dan Campbell, who's a former NFL player, decent NFL player, but he was assistant tight ends coach. Okay. No one being assistant tight ends coach. But he's not a coordinator. And, and he also gave us the press conference to remember when he said, if we, if you get knocked down, then we're going to be biting some knees. I know you can bite knees in, in the NFL, but, hey,
2: who, who knows? Um, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sure a lot of knees get bitten in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, but it's a <laughs> one thing. It's, it's happening on those piles.
3: I mean, yeah, that's that's one thing. But it's another thing to have a coach who's supposed to be the face of your franchise, one of the faces of your franchise, two – to publicly say we're going to be buying some knees. I don't want to know all what right. you've been doing, bruh, but you don't. Anyway, I mean, just imagine if, 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 if like, uh, Jim Carwell says some stupid shit like that. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, move right along to the Halal Falcons. Arthur Smith was former offensive coordinator for the Titans. Okay. I mean, he basically resurrected, uh, Brian Tennant Hill's career. I get it. He helped, uh, Derrick Harry to back, well, to 2,000 yard season. And made him to what help made it make him into what he is. I get it. Okay, but still, the Jaguars, Urban Meyer. Didn't have any head coach appearance, but he's Urban Freaking Meyer. Okay, moving right along. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, this will get me. This will gets me. The Philadelphia Eagles hired a dude named Nick Sir- Siriani. Who is he, you might ask? He's a he's a former coach of his quarter, but guess what? He didn't call plays. Frank Wright, the head coach, called the plays. So remember when owners laid out, executives laid out criteria, which seems to be ever changing. It seems to me that the gold line is being moved further and further and further every year. You gotta have coordinating experience. All right, uh, Dan Campbell wasn't the coordinator last year. Um, you gotta call your place. Nick Sirianni didn't call his own place. Um, I, you know, and then the year before that when the Giants hired Joe... Joe
0: Judge. Joe Judge. judge. Yep.
3: He's former assistant Special Teams coach. Come on. So, you, you give me these guidelines, but yet you have guys like, you know the names, Eric the Enemy, Leslie Flazier, mm-hmm. who's been calling plays. Now, people used to not be enemy for not calling plays, forgetting that Nagy in Chicago never called plays under Andy Reid. Doug Pearson, formerly in Philadelphia, never called a place uh, under Andy Reid. But you're going to harp that on with Eric enemy. Never mind that he's been called the plays the last two seasons because Andy Reid wanted to give him some love. He wanted to help him. He, he is helping mm-hmm. him. But he's still been shut out of, well, shut out of opportunities. He's been interviewed by the show of uh, opportunities. And what bothered me the most, fellas, and, and I promise I'll stop talking, but I got a lot to say, um, is that these uh, reports coming out that the enemy doesn't interview well. OK, you can say that about the other candidates that can get the job because they didn't like something about the other candidates. So why the hell are you going to say anything about the other than to do two things, A, cover your own ass, and B, tried to, to try to taint. The brother tried to make to try to give him a black mark no pun intended so it, it, and also i mean and, and i'm not and i'm not harping no, on just a black uh coordinators um i put it up here i mean you can still got some others out there i mean you still got um uh a don Wink martindale in, in, in baltimore defensive coordinator uh brian dable in buffalo i mean damn good damn good uh, candidates who's been doing it for a while but it seems like they want to hire the, the, the young. I, I'm say the young white, the next young hot white thing. Okay, so it it's just that to me, and we'll get to the coordinators and the general managers later. But I'm gonna first get you all's thoughts on this because I'm tired of talking about this because uh, I got a lot to say later. Oh, I need a break. So we're gonna keep doing the same. So I'm gonna start with Previn Shad. D Nash, my co-host. So Previn, I know you got a lot to say about this. So floor is yours.
2: Yeah. Um. And listening to you, my thoughts be uh, got completely disorganized. I'm gonna try and put them back together because <laughs> you're covering a lot of the ground that I thought I was gonna cover. Uh-huh. Um. <clears throat> I've had a a lot of sidebar conversations, um, and you try to keep these uh, brief, especially on social media, because you want to be spending all day long typing with your thumbs on social media, right. arguing with somebody about something, when in, in fact, really in agreement. but you're arguing about little details. So in, um, you know, you got Eric B. me. obviously. He's the uh, focal, he's the eye of the storm here. Correct. Um, you know, because he's anchored to this success of the Chiefs organization. Right. Um, uh, might I also add, uh, you know, of course, we mentioned Leslie Frazier. Um, we got uh, in Tampa Bay, Brian Byron Leftwich calls yes. plays. Yes. Um, yes, uh, more, more, uh, of more significance actually in Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles, former yeah. head coach, mm-hmm. who uh, calls plays defensive. Is what we don't that doesn't count? Calling plays on defense doesn't count for anything. Um, Oh, okay, it, which kind of, when I think of Todd Bowles and uh, we, we think of these situations, some of these jobs <clears throat> that come open, come close and the actual desirability of some mm-hmm. of those jobs. I, I, I'm not going to sandbag Eric B. Enemy for a quote-unquote bad interview, but there's four of us on here. We All four of us have interviewed for jobs. Um, have we ever can anybody else uh, say they've interviewed for a job because you're just kind of going through the motions, just uh, seeing if you can get a hit on it? You didn't really want the job. Can anybody say that?
3: Nope, the jobs I no. applied <laughs> for. Okay. Well, yeah. the I jobs.
2: All right. All right. Yeah. Um, Good point. Um, I'm not saying, and I'm, I'm not saying BNM did this, but one thing I am thinking of is, um, you know, there's some people trying to shoehorn him. In particular, into this Texans situation, and that's not yeah. the only bad situation in NFL. And you know, I'm I'm kind of going off the topic here if we're talking about morals and righteousness. But mm-hmm. hey, look, man, some of these brothers have been taking some of these bad jobs because they felt that they had to do it. Yeah. Because it was right. they, they thought there was no not going to be another opportunity. <clears throat> right. Um one of thirty-two. I say I I will, I will point to Todd Bowles. You know, let's not forget the Jets. Todd Bowles won 10 games in his first year coaching the Jets. With, a with team Ryan Fitzpatrick. To win about, huh? right. With Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. With a team really built right. to win about four games. He won yeah. 10. So management proceeded to completely defang the roster to the point where Todd Bowles was not able to compete. And they fired him to get to Adam Gase. Who's in a hurry to be the next Todd Bowles in a situation like that? Really, right, right. If, and, it, and, and I mean, and let's face it. We're, we're we're talking about now. Let's point the finger back at the the, the Texans, um, who I guess they want a biscuit or something for finally interviewing <laughs> Beanie <B&M> when <laughs> they said they had no interest in interviewing him earlier. Um, clear indicator they don't want you. Right. I don't want to work for somebody who doesn't want me. Exactly. You know, if you're, you know, you're the, you're the black coach. Okay. So the old thing, you, you want to say, um, if you're not the guy they want, then you're not going to be treated like the guy they want. Hey, look, if you're the black coach, I settle for being in the top three. It, you know, this isn't the case of somebody being in the top three. Now, we got an ownership group that, you know, the family is rooted in um, uh, some conservative leanings, shall we say. Um, <laughs> Cal McNair's father uh, famously said, "You know, mm-hmm. a little comment about you know the inmates uh, running the, the prison." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're, we're probably talking about our ownership group. that is if um, you know they're they're the they're in the bunker mindset. We're not going to let the media. We're not going to let players dictate to us who we how we make our hires. We're not even going to let a a um, a firm that we paid over a hundred thousand dollars to tell yeah. us who we hire for our personnel. Right. So uh, there's a there's a lot of really interesting um things going on in motion here. The physics of all this is really kind of crazy, and we get these dynamics all put together in this social uh, upheaval climate that we find ourselves in. And it's sort of like you know the perfect storm. Eric Enemies in the middle of it though he's not the only one and right. I mean yeah a lot of the things that we always knew about the good old boys the country club that is the NFL it, it, it was always there we always knew it it's just now more to the forefront right and I don't
3: know if it's gonna get better anytime soon so so Rashad I know you you chumped out the bit too
2: so Let's was that disorganized <laughs> enough <laughs> no 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 you're good you, no you're good
3: bro you're good you're totally good
0: well, you guys have made uh, have both made excellent points so far, and it's kind of tough to go after that uh, with the name drops because a lot of your thoughts was exactly what I was thinking. But I will say, um, there's been a history of this, guys, and it's it's been going on for quite a while, mm-hmm. decades. You know, and and I, I even think back to, uh, to uh, Tony Dungy, you know, in the early yes. thousands, him with uh, that Tampa Bay team, and and really molding and. In in building that team, only for them to fire him after a playoff season. And, yes, and bring in uh, bring in a uh, man from the Raiders, John Gruden. John Gruden, yeah, trained for him. Win the Super Bowl the next year, and I always thought that was the team that uh that that Dungy built. And so yes. it's the NFL hasn't progressed at all um in in decades. I was reading a stat that said uh even since the 1990s. Um, and then you think from the nineteen nineties to now, currently, you you think about the NFL where uh, it's seventy four percent black, right, and only thirteen percent right. of the coaches are African American. Such a disparity when you think of the players in in, in relation to uh, the coaches, the coaches and uh, right. the the percentage in, as a minority. That's crazy. Um, same thing in the NBA, eighty three percent black you know, and they have a higher number with 30% of the coaches being black. But I mean, the NFL has dropped the ball on so many occasions. Um, I think about the Rooney rule. That's simply not working.
3: No, they can it's, been, it's been bastardized.
0: Right. Yeah. They can say what they want to yeah. about it. But yeah. I think it was put in place just to, you know, to kind of woo us for a while and, and, and make us think that they were trying to make progress. But I mean, they're not using it the right way. And it's now I'm just going to put a, a, a name of a black coach here just to interview him, knowing darn well I'm not going to hire him. Like, stop playing with us. We're, we're not the puppets. And so, right, so many occasions on where they dropped the ball. I even think about Anthony Lynn in L.A. And I thought that he was, you know, and I hate to use this term, but on the proverbial leash. I thought the leash was short for him. Granted, he was there for four years, but when you think about this past season with the injuries that he went through, you know, the yeah. and so many things. That's I mean, two seasons, yeah. Right. Right. And so, you know, um, another name that I thought about, though, and I think this guy is on the rise and he should get an opportunity. Deuce Daly. Mm-hmm. I love Deuce, man. He was a great player and, and and he's been, you know, a great coach for a while, kind of in the shadows, running back coach there. And uh, they, I keep hearing reports about him moving up and, you know, his opportunity is coming, but I want to see him definitely do something. So we, we have several guys that are more than qualified and are right there, but we do need to get that opportunity, and I hope when we do, you know, we take it and run with it. And uh, you know, I, I think it's bigger than just Mike Tomlin. We have more to offer. Yes, yes, and, hell yes. You know, and he's doing a hell of a job <clears throat> in, in Pittsburgh. You know, mm-hmm. um, granted, you know, this season didn't go quite as well as they wanted to, but you know, he's he's already never up had a losing him. season, right, right. And so, you know, that I just think uh, we have to do better in regards to uh, hiring African Americans, definitely.
3: And I have a story after Dwayne goes, I have a a Deuce Staley story as it relates to the current Eagles job uh, momentarily, but but Dee, I'll I'll let you go go ahead. Yeah, I'll let you go.
1: Oh man, Um, here, let me throw a couple of numbers at you, You know, being the son of a statistician. Um, Since 19, well not 19, sorry, just uh, 2017, there have been 25 teams that have hired new head coaches. Uh, dating back to uh, the past four years. So that means it's 33 hires, right? Right.
3: Because
1: um, there have been several teams that have hired twice. Um, if you want to be technical, 34. If you want to count um, the Indianapolis Colts that hired Josh McDaniels, and then, of course, he reneged on them, and then they had to go in and get Frank Wright. Um, but even with those 33 hirings, only six were minority hires. Um, so that's that's a travesty right there. That's, that's less than 20% of um the hirings that were made in in the past four or five years that are, that are minority coaches um to prep and, and he is completely right um and it's something that i've heard many people say that a lot of times when they bring in minorities especially um black head coaches to come in and, and matter of fact not even black coaches when they bring in minority coaches they bring them into situations that are far from desirable right right if you look at a lot of the head coaches that we've already, well, a lot of the, the black coaches who are no longer in head coaching positions that are now assistants, like Utah Tom Bowles, like um, Vance Joseph, who was removed, but um, Denver and Steve Wilson was removed in one year mm-hmm. in Arizona. A lot of these guys were coming into situations where, where <clears throat> the teams were bad before they got there. And, and unfortunately, they didn't get help from GMs to help them out with with bringing in better plate pieces. Of those three guys that I just named, Vance Joseph is the one that came into Denver, whose record was nine and seven um, before he got there under Gary Kubiak. Right. But unfortunately, hmm, your boy John Elway, a great QB in himself, sorry, Previn, just, just happens to be a horrible GM and has yet and to bring quit. in... He did, yeah, he, he, he fired himself. He fired himself. I'll <laughs> hey, yeah. It takes a big man to fire yourself. <laughs> uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, uh, uh Jerry Jones, you might want to listen to that, but I digress. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, you know, he followed up Gary Kubiak, and the quarterback that they had there was one Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler was looked at to be the savior there in Denver. Now, he had a slightly above 500 record. As a QB under um, uh, under Greg uh, Kubiak, and, and let's be real, folks, when you talk about QB records, of course it has to do more with just QBs. It also has to deal with special teams and defense. But yeah, that defense dipped. That team was also five and five under Brock Osweiler. Well, Brock Osweiler with um, with Vance Jones, not Vance Jones, with Vance Joseph. Yes, Joseph. But once he got hurt, that team went zero and six. And they can never find a replacement for Brock. And, and that defense just progressively got worse, along with the fact that they could never find a good QB to get in there. And, yes, after two seasons, Vance was out of there. So, yeah, a lot of these spots are just completely undesirable. And I understand, yes, they're one of 32. But, my God, to come in and have to be forced to be a savior and you get little to no help from the likes of, say, uh, 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 Mike Brown in, in, in Cincinnati, whoever the GM was in in Cleveland with and before Andrew Berry got there, um, whoever the hell the GM is in in um in, in LA for the Chargers, do they have to go ahead and and, re- and replace Anthony Lynn? Whoever the hell the GM is with the Jets, all of these bad GMs, hell, whoever the GM is. And of course, that was a huge question mark until they finally decided to hire a GM here in D.C. Um, whoever that GM is, to, to fill that spot here, which is another bad organization that could never seem to hold a coach down. And what do they do? They hire a minority to come in and fix it up. And thank God he did come in and do that. Yes, I'll take that seventy-nine Division Championship all day every day, even though I hated it at first. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what happens in these situations. So to, to the cases of the enemies. Like you said, a good shout out, um, Rashad, for pulling up um, Deuce Daly because that's another guy who gets ignored in this situation. Jim Calhoun, who was fired after going ten and six, his final. Call him, yeah, and, Jim Calhoun, yeah, Jim Calhoun, Jim Calhoun, yeah. Calhoun, Calhoun. Yeah. Yeah. Calhoun I'm sorry, yeah. Jim Calhoun, yeah. Calhoun yeah. going ten and six in the Lions, and <laughs> he barely. Lovey won over Smith 10 games. was fired
2: after going ten and six. Right, exactly. Lovey Smith, yep. Lovey
1: Smith. You know um, Marvin Lewis, who couldn't get yep. no help from Mike Brown. After going 12 and 4. He made the and Bengals
3: just, respectable.
1: Yeah, you know, he, he made the Bengals extremely um, respectable in this time there. You know, could never get no help, Todd Bowles. Um, another uh, up in New York, he followed Rex Ryan, who was 4 and 12. <laughs> and I guess they were looking for him to come in and be a savior. Really, dude? Come on, what, what pieces? What, what pieces? So if you don't give these dudes what they need in order to win, how can you expect them to come in in one of these situations? So, yeah. Just like you guys said, if I'm Eric B. Enemy, I'm taking my time in this situation and, and, and making sure that the situation benefits me instead of rushing myself to get into that spot to go ahead and take one of those 32. I understand there's a drought. And I also understand that there's a drought at the GM spot. Because if you look at it, there are four minor well, was it four yeah, we'll get to that yeah,
3: we get to that in a moment.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, well okay, I guess I won't get into that <laughs> right now, but yeah. Oh, my God, Dad, just take your time, dude, man, and, and, and choose a situation that's right for you. Because as we've seen, especially in recent history, that these GMs and these owners aren't bringing these black coaches into the, the best of situations. Correct. And to have this rule, this Rooney rule attached to Dan Rooney, man, he's probably spinning in his grave right now because I know this is not what he intended this thing to be. And right. it's been right. bastardized, and there is no way of fixing it.
2: Actually, I was thinking that, uh, you know, Dan Rooney somewhere in his grave saying, hey, look at my team. We did our part.
0: Yeah, (laughs)
2: exactly. Yeah,
3: (laughs) right. We empowered our guy. Look how successful we've been. But Anyway, and one one more name that I didn't mention, uh, and you guys will appreciate Pep Hamilton. Boy, Pep Man. Hamilton and wrongly, Raheem Morris. Right, Raheem, Raheem Morris, too. Yep. <clears throat> because remember, Pep Hamilton, I know D, uh, D knows this, Pep Hamilton was wrongly fired in Indianapolis because because uh, uh, what's his name? Former coach Chuck Pagano needed a scapegoat. Yeah. Remember that? He yeah. needed a scapegoat. scapegoat was Pep Hamilton, so you know. Yeah, I asked we'll years ago forever. about Pep,
1: and shout out to Pep, who was uh, um, a Howard alum, used to play QB yeah. up at Howard. Yeah. Um, I asked this, this NFL expert, this guy who's a, a beat writer for, um, I for, I forget what team it was, about pet, potentially being hired as, a, as, a, as, a, um, as a, a head coach. And he told me he didn't have enough experience to be a head coach at the time after being an offensive coordinator for about four to five years with the Colts. And I said to him,
3: the okay, so at all.
1: <laughs> he doesn't have enough of, of experience, but yet Jay Gruden does? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And then right. based upon what Joe we've Judge. seen, over the, yeah, and now based upon yeah. what we've seen over the past two seasons with the guy, with the litany of guys that have been hired, yeah, again, are you kidding me? Right. He doesn't have enough experience.
3: And on, Nick Sirianni bruh. has experience. Are you are you sure about that? Come really, bro? But I'll tell you exactly. what. Exactly. This Listen is breaking right. news. This is breaking news, fellas. Right, right, quick. The, the Houston Texans made a hire. It's not Eric Enemy. Of course not. It's not Leslie Frazier. Right. It's not he Morris. Mm-hmm. But it is David Culley. Who's David Culley? You might ask. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a he's a former assistant in Philadelphia. He spent 27 years in the game, and uh, 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 he was recently the assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, pass coordinator, uh, pass game coordinator, in, in Baltimore. But another tidbit is he's black. So there's there's something.
2: Somebody had to take the job.
3: Yeah. Somebody yeah, had somebody to, had a to take the job. You know. Yeah, right? He's been rumored to be. Kind of like uh, the, the the head coach, like the coaching and waiting, or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the hot co- there's all of, sudden, all of a sudden the hot candidate, but uh, I, I I guess. But the point yeah. is, is that again, with Deshaun Watson wanting out, yeah, Houston is another shitty situation. We've
2: come exactly. We, we, we talked right.
3: about it. Yeah. So again,
1: right. I know it's not one just Deshaun Watson going out, but the the the, the draft picks.
3: Bill they have They have none. They have none.
0: <laughs> they have none. Thanks to Bill well, They're O'Brien. about to get That's not, not even mentioned losing DeAndre Hopkins. I mean,
3: and losing oh DeAndre god. Yeah. But Rashad, I'll say this:
1: right, I, I understood the DeAndre Hopkins situation because of the amount of money that he wanted, and Houston was right. probably like, you know what, dude, we don't want to give him that dough. So I understood right. it. If I was a Houston they fan, would have liked it. They should have gotten something out of the trade, more
3: from it, though. They, right.
1: they should have gotten more out of the trade, but once again, that's Bill O'Brien being Bill O'Brien, and that's why he is where he is. What's that, Alabama? He's yeah, that I, that right. Nick Saban yeah. Coaching he's not back. <laughs> yeah. He's failing up. He's failing up. Yes, he's failing up to get ready to become another head coach someplace else. But right. I digress. Yeah. It's just interesting that the head coach that you said was hired in Houston, he's off that Andy Reid tree, just yes, kind of like Nick Sirianni, who is what's an assistant Definitely. under who he was an assistant under what's your boy's name that's in Indianapolis right now? Um got Frank Wright. Wright. Frank Wright. Yeah, so he's an assistant under Frank Wright. Who's an assistant under Andy Reed? So that's yeah. how Sirianni got to Philly. He has that that um that that Thank that that, that Andy right. Reed family tree behind him. So
3: that's 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 shows some love what, for the enemy. That would have no, a great spot for You got the quarterback, he got two right? quarterbacks. he has two quarterbacks. That he could work yes. with and, yes. and they and, and they're gonna they have some draft capital they can yeah. upgrade the the skill position they need help with those i mean they got yeah. a late round pick who did well forget his name um but uh wide receiver but anyway the point is is that that was a tailor-made situation there you know he has the offensive talent yeah but, I, but speaking of phil i want to get this through staley uh news right quick mm-hmm. there's a parent i've read this somewhere i don't want to Check it us gospel, but if you put two of it together, it makes a little bit of sense. Now, we all know about Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman is the GM, he's a he's, he's, he's the executive, he's the H-N-G-C, if you will the head guy charge. in charge. I mean, anyway. He's uh, the got the is, big
2: office. Yeah, he has a real <laughs> big
3: office. Like I said, I, I messed up the acronym, but at any rate, the point is, is that he's been pulling the strings for the past few years, right, with Jim, with, I'm sorry, with Chip Kelly, then with Doug Peterson and now with this guy, um, he said that there's it's rumored that they, the team really wanted Deuce Staley to coach them because again, yeah. to Rashad's point, Deuce Staley's been around for a while coaching. He's well mm-hmm. respect. He's a Philly guy. He played for the. Yep. Mm-hmm. He played for the Steelers. But most of his career was in Philadelphia. He's yeah. coach. He's been coaching under. I think he coached under Reed, didn't he?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he stayed there with Peterson because Peterson is another Reed, Andy and Reed guy, too. So so the team wanted him. They really wanted Staley. The executives wanted someone who they could control, right? Because mm-hmm. what one of the things that that, that fired that got Peterson fired was that they wanted Peterson not to play. Um, again, this is what I've read. Uh, they didn't want him to play uh um uh the rookie Once. quarterback uh in the last game of the season against Washington. Um, oh
0: um,
1: God, what is his name? I see his face. Uh, Fields.
3: No, 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 no. Uh um, Fields.
1: Um what's his name? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Jalen right? Hurts,
3: yeah, yeah. So so I blanked on his name. But anyway, they wanted him to I. play Hurts, Jalen Hurts the whole game, even though Philly was in a position to beat Washington. But they didn't want anyway, yeah. I see you like it. You know, uh, anyway, the point is, uh, I like dealing with him. Uh, but the point is, is that they were playing okay. And so, when remember, when he mysteriously yanked them and put in that, 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 that backup to the back, Nasty Nate, right. my man. Nate, your boy, Nasty <laughs> Nate said, my know, man, know,
2: Nate he was so nasty well. too.
3: Yeah, yeah, he always he playing that. He always
1: nasty.
3: Yeah, <laughs> 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 Ooh, man. Man. yeah, y'all y'all crazy. Was um, Peterman
2: not available? Yeah. No, I mean? guess
3: not. <laughs> I, I guess they didn't dust him off. Um, but the thing was that remember that players, they said reports of players who want to physically go after Pearson because they figured they ate the rug uh, uh, like uh, like like uh, from underneath him. But instead, yeah. as uh, reports I've read, that decision came from upstairs. And one of the things that got him fired, officially fired, it, it, in addition to his frayed relationship with um, with the current starter quarterback, um, wait, wait. With, wait. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, was that apparently Roseman and Company wanted wanted Peterson to fire some of his assistants that Peterson was loyal to. He was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna fire. I'm not. It's one thing for me to, for you to make me play the scrub and in, in, in the place of Jalen Hurts, where Jalen Hurts was doing okay." It's another thing to get me to fire half my crew. No, you told him no, so that's one of the reasons why he's gone. So they, so so basically, they wanted someone apparently they could control. Enter this this dude, Nick Sirianni, a young coach, younger than we are, to which was first head coach opportunity. Not many, not not a lot of experience as a coordinator. Didn't even call the plays in Indianapolis. We all mentioned that, and so of course he had a guy the tickets that did like the keys to a car that doesn't have a lot of experience. He's grateful. You can't be mad. At Sirianni, so of course he's going to say, yeah, yeah I'm going to do whatever you think you say, come hell or high water. So basically the one constant with all these two, uh, um, uh, these coaching hires in Philly from Andy Reed to this guy is high Roseman. A lot of people in Philadelphia are not high on Roseman at all. Hadn't been for a long time. So, I just want to throw that mix in there as far as the Deuce Staley story because Deuce Staley was apparently getting a lot of love for the position, but management wasn't someone that they could control. Deuce Staley is not the one to be no. controlled.
0: Right. So, he's not built like that.
3: You know, you know, he's definitely not built like that. But I want to go on to two, 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 some more things, guys. This is another wrinkle to this.
2: That kind of falls into that doesn't interview well category, then, don't it? Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and You know, I just so I find it funny. <laughs> You know, do you want to do that interviews well, or do you want to do that that has proven experience and has proven that he's capable of being able to handle a job like that? Um, in and other situations, a leader men.
3: And, be a leader and being men. more and, and, so being a leader right.
1: of men yeah. in that type of situation, which of course a lot of these guys have. But hey, if that's not what you want, hey, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I, you know I, I I kind of don't begrudge these dudes for what they do cuz it's your it's your business right it's your it's your place of business you mm-hmm. you're the leader you're of the that spot want. right yeah. yes the thing is you can't complain when you when you get the product that you get cuz you chose it yeah. you know right. there's been capable uh, um uh, 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 head coaches out there that you just willfully bypassed that's on you that's your choice dude mm-hmm. you know and then of course <laughs> not only do you hire these dudes like I said before, you, you you don't give them pieces for them to win. So, uh, as a fan of these black coaches, I'm like, I'm glad they didn't go there. I'm, right. I'm like, I'm concerned right. for Robert Salah. I really am. Me too. Are they going to give him what, they, what he needs? And people say you know, he's and, a
3: good man, he's a good coach.
1: Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he's capable of going there and turning that, um, that Jets defense around at least. But yeah, what are they going to do in the offensive side of the ball? You know, are they going to keep uh, Sam Bradford? Does he believe or does his offensive coordinator? Sam I'm sorry. Sam like Bradford. He played, he played like, like Sam Bradford. Right. Same, <laughs> I'm the same dude, right? God, somebody, <laughs> I swear, man, there's this so many names rolling in my head. Right? <laughs> it's
0: but, uh, Went back yeah, to Boomer exactly Suna. You know what it is? It's
1: these glasses, dude. I don't wear no glasses. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here trying to look cool and whatnot, you know. <laughs> I'm doing too much. So yeah, with, with <laughs> Sam Donald, man, you know who knows what they're going to do with this dude and whether or not he's going to be the quarterback there. But yeah, he had a lot of a lot of decisions that he needs to make, and I'm wondering how long of a leash they're going to give Sam Donald, the likes of Sam Donald, um, in order to go and clean it up. But to a, a earlier point, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm yes, I'm bringing this up with with um with Dan Campbell, um, unfortunately, remember he was the replacement for Joe Philbin in in uh, Miami. When right. Philbin got fired down there right. during the whole um, bullying situation, yeah. and he was able to, to at least make that team respectable. But yeah, he's one of those hat on the hat head coaches. Uh, uh, let's do the Oklahoma drill, old school dudes talk about biting off kneecaps.
3: Yeah.
1: I kind of feel bad for their recent GM hire, um, Brad Holmes, there. Shout out to AT. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Thank you, for some nice. there. Thank you
3: yeah,
1: that, that, that they had to go ahead and bring him in. Because he just sounds like a lot of the other head coaches that they bring in to follow Jim Caldwell. You know, hopefully Caldwell, not Caldwell, but hopefully Holmes is going to be able to um, to bring in quality players to, to help this dude out, um, especially as it pertains to them um, getting a new QB mm-hmm. and finally establishing a running back there because they've never had a good running back ever since um, Barry Sanders left. But my God. Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell got a lot of work to do. But, yeah, we probably got a little bit more to say about Holmes as we talk about the um, minority
3: GMs. And I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to segue into GMs. I mean, yeah, we're rightfully bitching about the lack of minority hires and head coaches and general managers. I will say this. Now, the Falcons hired Terry Fontenot, right? Washington Football Team hired, your boys hired Martin Mayhew. Yeah. And the Lions, of course, we mentioned Brad Holmes, Aggie. Um, so there's three. There's three out of three out of thirty-two, right? No, technically right. it's
1: it's six. It's okay. six okay there were already three before they got hired.
3: Okay, so
0: yeah, so so like me, so I, I need cereal. to get there. Nick. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, they consider him a minority, I guess. So. Nah. Uh-huh. So, it's, oh,
1: cereal, really? okay, I didn't know yeah. that. And it's Barry in, in Cleveland,
0: right? And right. And I'm trying to
1: remember right. who is. The other one.
3: Right. My God, right. I
1: can't remember who the other one is. Yeah, But yeah, the, the Martin Mayhew one was a surprise for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Because... Formerly in forget, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget who the He's team, got experience. He mm-hmm. does have experience. And I'm glad that they brought him in. My question is, what will his role be? Because something that I'm starting to learn right now, right, is general manager is just that in title alone, right? because
3: they get hired after the coach after the coach gets hired especially
1: being had to the coach right yes so like the the things that we learned or excuse me the things that we were told that general managers do in the NFL actually in all sports it it seems as though that the role of general manager changes from from all 32 teams it's completely different you do have teams that do make picks And they're all responsible for for bringing in the talent and and hiring head coaches, uh, along with helping them hire assistant coaches or whatever. But you also have GMs that are, I don't want to call them necessarily yes men, but GMs that work alongside head coaches to to, to give these head coaches what it is that they want. Or, hell, for lack of a better term, yes, yes men for for these head coaches, especially if it's a situation where a GM is hired after a head coach. I've I've never understood that situation, but they always talk about how there's supposed to be synergy in those situations where a, a head coach, un- and understandably so, will bring in a guy that he works well with. Mm. And I get that because you 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 want someone that that'll make you better or at least keep you accountable, that, ne- that isn't necessarily combative with you, maybe disagreeable with you, but not combative with you to make your job as easy as possible. You can go ahead and coach this team up. And, and handle your coaching responsibilities as well, but yeah, yeah, six six minority GMS. Wow.
3: And the thing is, too, you mentioned it, man. I'm gonna cut to, I'm gonna throw it over to you, Rashad, right quick. And Previ, you can feel free to follow. A lot of these brothers at G as GMS and GMS of general, especially in particular, so we're focusing on my, like minority hiring. A lot of these general managers have been hired after the decision has been made. About the head coach for example in in detroit got the brother man from ant but you know that they've already decided on big like on uh, i'm sorry dan campbell Dan
1: campbell yeah
3: a while back a while ago from it comes from the top right the ownership and whatnot and i'll say so, this
1: right I, I, it's like who's in charge and, 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 and i don't necessarily know brad personally sure but this is a message directly to him um I'm hoping that you didn't choose Dan Campbell, please. I mean, for, for, <laughs> for your sake, let this be a hiring from, from the ownership and whoever else that's a, a, above you, because I don't know if I necessarily like that pick of Dan Campbell if I was a, a Detroit Lions fan, but I digress. You know, maybe,
3: no, you know, if I read the tea leaves, they don't. I have a good friend of mine who's from Detroit. He hates the, He hated that.
1: Now, maybe he, he comes that. in and he likes the, the, the NFC North on fire, but... <clears throat>
3: Yeah. Or is that that meme that's like? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> all right, all right, Rashad. Uh, we we talked long enough, man. So it's, it's on you. So, I mean, who's really in charge of a lot of these brothers that's been hired as GMs, being that they already have the coach in place? It's like, do we want them to be figureheads or do with Tyler's? What, what's going on here?
0: Right now. And I agree with what you said earlier. I mean, we just don't know. Teams. Mm-hmm. Have- Made it clear enough. Uh, to Dwayne's point, like he said earlier, that really changes from team to team because even in the verbiage of how they, you know, give their titles. I mean, you have some GMs who are more football operations guys, and some mm-hmm. that are more player personnel guys, and so that changes from organization to organization. And I mean, they they really have to come up with something structured. But right. on one thing I thought about, and I don't want to take your uh, spot, Scott. But no, uh, go ahead, bro. Just, I wanted to know what you guys thought about um, Lewis Riddick. Um, what do you think? Oh, oh. Um, yeah, mom. He seems like a pretty sharp guy. I mean, just yeah. him on t- uh, TV and commentating. Just, you know, kind of, I kind of researched him and, and looked him being a former player, and from what I've heard, he's guys, a
3: personnel man for a while. And
0: they, yeah, they, you know, they say he know his stuff. You know, yeah. Um, I'm I'm surprised he hasn't gotten an opportunity yet. You know, L- Lewis Riddick. And right. so, you know, you guys take on that.
3: Well, um, I'll start, Dwayne, you can, and Previn, you can follow with that if you, if, if you want. It's, I, yeah, wow, right, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what happened with that, I'm maybe, I mean, hell, I mean, you think that a guy who's on TV with ESPN for the past few years has been doing the drafts. Right with, with, with uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 the guy with the good hair from Baltimore. Um, God damn it! What's his name? I'm blanking on these names, man. But anyway, the point is, is that he's Mel thinking, Kiper. Mel Kiper, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, he's yeah. been doing it for a while. in Tom McShay. And Tom
0: McShay Jr. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the,
3: yeah, he's been doing. They've been doing it together for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's 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 a lot of these young players come out of college. That's, one is from the small schools too. He's very knowledgeable. Yeah. That's what you want in the general manager, someone who's knowledgeable, right? Not some personality, <clears throat> but a guy who not only played the game, but he has some, as, as Rashad mentioned, he has some front office experience.
0: And, and another point, he's kind of stuck around. Think about ESPN and all the changes they made yeah people in and out, especially these TV personalities. I mean, yeah, when you think about the Jamel Hills, of the world and Tom so smith's yeah but he's right. all he's always kind of even in controversial times and, and and speaking on controversial points he's been the one that's that's kind of been able to articulate himself well and you know he's stuck around and so obviously they like him around the network and I, I'm, I'm wondering how that kind of correlates to the league and what people think you know behind closed doors when you think about these nfl executives right people um you know who, who who really have a, a say so when it comes to things, you know? Yeah, Previn, what are your thoughts, brother?
2: Um, <clears throat> uh, it's, as far as Ridiculous current, you know, like I said, we we he's got front office experience. Um, you know, he seems to have a, a you know the keen scouting sense. I, I have two points on that: one, um, there's no shortage of owners in the NFL that will look at. Uh, riddick's body of work on tv and says to me i'm listening to a scout not a general manager um the other thing too is it did occur to me that um lewis riddick might not want to be in that fray right now anyway this is a pretty cush gig he's got there right uh national exposure on tv with monday night football too
3: yeah yeah
2: that's true that's true yeah you know it's it's not a bad job. you know, uh, we'll, we'll find, we'll see. Um, I get, yeah, again, back to some of these owners, uh, Scott, you brought up a really good point That 32 teams. I often say this too in the office, there was a water cooler sessions, um, with a, a lot of the, uh, guys that get really hyped up about preseason football, <laughs> right? You know, 32, 32 teams, 32 different approaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the literal sense, right. um, Shad Khan mentioned um, in his uh, organizational shakeup, his plan is now how many plans has Shad Khan come up with down in Jacksonville um, where I know, right? Where <laughs> the the coach reports to the general manager, general manager reports to the owner. Previously uh-huh. Shad Khan had both the coach and the general manager report directly to him separately, kind of like this weird mutually exclusive thing. Right? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, I mean, how can any shop trust each other when you're individually reporting to the owner? You know, and it, where else does it start? You know, the, the, you know, the training staff, you mm-hmm. know, the doctors, they're all, who are they reporting to individually? The, the owner? Yeah. No. You know, that's, you, how can you function like this? Nothing but discord in that situation. Go but ahead. yet you really believe that Jacksonville is the only team where they have some sort of where the owner says, you know, this will be best run if my head coach, my general manager, my president, whoever, the the trainer, the uh the guy that gets the donuts, they all report to me individually. <laughs> the league average. Oh man. The winning the league winning percentage this year in this COVID year, 2020, was uh point four nine five something. Now, Mm. I'm not a big statistician or something like that, but really all that tells me is that the teams that are really good are really good, and the teams that are really bad are really, really, really bad. Right. I mean, the average winning percentage is under 500. You know, there's a lot of people that say, we're doing this my way no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's hard to say what's the right way, but it's real easy to see what's the wrong way. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah. That's why some people some teams suck and some teams are successful. It's the way it is. If you see it year after year after year, year year. especially in the league that thrives on parity. You see it. You see the same teams, Jets, Bengals, Jaguars. They suck for a reason. Starts at the top. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. And I live in Cincinnati, so I know about that. I know a (laughs) lot about that starting at the top bullshit with the Brown family. But uh, Dwayne, I know you're about to say something too. I don't want to get you, get you the last word on this.
1: Yeah, especially um, you know, as it <laughs> pertains to uh, uh, these team owners that, that that bring in GMs that are yes men to them. God, the only thing that's worse than uh, a, a GM that's a yes man to the head coach is a GM that's a yes man to the owner. Right. Um. See, one Bruce Allen. Um. Oh. But. My God, I've, <laughs> I've seen so much young African did He get
3: some tums after that,
1: man. Ooh, ooh.
3: <laughs> he had that fresh effort look when he like, 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 <laughs> had that fresh effort look. Whenever you see on Esther,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was it.
3: You've been dummy. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, because you know the, the 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 infamous winning off the field dude. But um, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, I've seen so many, and 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 I'm. I'm I know we we all like to talk about it from the perspective of which we see on a regular basis, which is the teams in which we're fans of. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole lot easier for me to talk about what I've seen here in D.C., especially with a lot of young African-American talent in the front office that has been bypassed. Not just young, but old African-American talent that has been bypassed by either not having a GM in place here in D.C. or a, a, a young scout. Uh, a young personnel do on the rise that have that have helped make great decisions mm-hmm. be bypassed before <clears throat> some crony to come in here and act a fool, and then he ends up going elsewhere. Um, and, and one of those guys, in terms of potential talent that that could have been coming here, is um, your boy Lewis Riddick. Um, yeah. it, 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 it was well known that Lewis Riddick was really lobbying to um, be a general manager here in DC. Oh, the thing wow. is, he was also openly critical of the organization while on ESPN. But, and, and that's one of the things, I, I guess he was like, I got to do my job. But at the same time, that's not the way to, to win the graces of one Daniel Snyder. Look at the many people he sued. And, and then right. Yeah, right.
3: yeah.
1: You know, you, you got to go ahead and be like a Bruce Allen, I guess. Um, unless like Vinny have, Or Vinny, you know what? As bad as they talk about white shirt Vinny,
3: you know, <laughs> Benny. this dude is coming out. He was, a, he was out.
1: a yes man, though. <laughs> he was, but my God, as, as badly as I talked about White Shirt Benny, um, that was a the nickname they gave him on ESPN because, of course, whenever he, he would do his shows, he would always wear a white button-up. But um, as badly as I talked about White Shirt Benny, dude, there were several times during the Bruce Allen era where I was like, dude, I long for Vinny Serato right now long and that says a whole lot (laughs) about how bad Bruce Allen is right but it would have been perfect to go ahead once again this is a a, a city that is known for at one point in time being majority African American even though the city may not be the region still is Mm -hmm. and you know they're most definitely not only looking for a black quarterback to come here and do well but it would have been fantastic to have a black GM and so when they went ahead and put um Doug Williams in as vice president of player personnel
3: yes senior vice president
1: yep and, and 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 that situation became muddy because technically Bruce Allen was the team president not the team GM because they didn't have a team GM and people were wondering who was making general manager moves and was it Bruce Allen was it Doug Williams was it the both of them was it neither one of them was it Dan Stein it was that entire situation was messy and then you would have situations in which I guess from uh, being a little bit knowledgeable of, uh, of, of how Doug Williams would potentially think, you would be like, okay, those seem like moves that Doug would make and not moves that Bruce would do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those, of course, I mean, well, he came out and said it. If it wasn't for me... Adrian Peterson wouldn't have been here for those last two seasons. Mm. And I, I thank him for that, because at least we got a little bit of something to watch when he was here. But um, <laughs> once again, what was his role? And then, of yeah. course, when they bring in Juan Rivera, they relinquish Doug of, of that role and put him someplace else to be more of an ambassador for the team. Because, I mean, I understand you don't necessarily want Doug to be a GM, um, but he does know about the college game, being that he used to be a college coach for well over ten years, put him on the scouting at least. But uh,
3: I, I'll say this, I'll say this, bro. I, and you and you know this. I'm I'm telling you stuff that you already know, but I'm just going to just repeat it for clarity. Mm-hmm. At least you guys have some representation. And the front office terms when it comes to player development, player personnel. Yeah. I mean, you guys got. I mean, we will start at the top. You got the the team president Jason Wright. Yeah, I mean, he was the first team black team president in the history of the nfl
1: i'll say this though right
3: the first I, one <laughs> Only I, last I,
1: year. I, I, I applaud everything that washington has been doing over the past two seasons right well the past year right but um it's just very interesting and, and i hate to be a pessimist in the situation no go ahead it's on the it's on the heels of the, the whole name change situation right. and, and, and well not just name change but the sexual harassment situation, right. aka Skinamax, as I like to call it. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> You're crazy.
1: <laughs> I, I, I need to go ahead and get the T-shirts printed and stop playing around. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it just happens to be that all of these hires of a black team president, mm-hmm. um, a minority um, head coach, and a, um, the, the first female. Um, Assistant head coach, full time assistant coach, yes, yes, you know, a, a black GM. Is- all of this is coming on the 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 the, mm-hmm. the 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 backside of all of this negativity that this team has had to deal with over the past um summer, and I'm like, I'm glad it's this happening. But is this why it's happening? Right. You know, I... I, I, as, I as well
3: as the, 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 the director of, of player development, Malcolm right. Blacken, the, the director of pro now Eric, yes, yeah. Eric Stokes. Yeah, Eric yeah. Stokes. Yeah,
1: so, you know, Stokes, about that. man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Stokes is another guy who I was looking to, to, to see hope, hopefully continue to ascend within this organization. Right. But man, oh man, you know, uh, it, it's, it's probably going to take... Well, I don't want to say it. I don't want to speak it in existence. I'm just hoping that all of these hires are done for the right reasons and not for window dressing to make this organization look good.
3: Yeah, I hear you, bro. Um, we, we'll get to this, we'll, we'll close the show out on this. <clears throat> Let's go back to the coaches that just got hired in the cycle. And the reason why is because I want to throw an extra wrinkle in. Now, we've rightfully so, and many people in sports I rightfully complain about the lack of minority hiring, right? In this in this past coaching cycle, names that come out you make it look like really, but the Mondays, but uh, yeah, case of Mondays. Um, but like <laughs> uh, you mentioned, we talked about night, Dan, Dan Campbell earlier, mm-hmm. I hired a six years, six year contract. But that's uh, but I digress. Guys like him have been making some hires and bringing well bringing. Black talent, if you will, as coordinators, for example, we'll stick with Campbell. He recently hired Anthony Lynn, former former coach of the Chargers, right? To be the to, to be the offensive coordinator. Okay. He also hired Aaron Glenn. We all know who Aaron Glenn is, right? Former mm-hmm. player for the New York Jets, great player. He's a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I think that's his first job as a defensive coordinator, if I've if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So so at least. I guess Dan Campbell's like, look, I gotta get some cats around me who you know what the hell they're doing. They still happen to, they still to be brothers. That that's good. That Dan Campbell, is thinking, outside the box like that at least. Um, Brandon Staley, the one who's been uh, uh, jerking off the Rams coach, <laughs> um, he 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 recently hired Ronaldo Hill as a defensive coordinator, um, to help, obviously run the defense. So of course he's a brother too. He's a former player. So, I mean, there are other hires. I think Irvin is going to hire Charlie Strong, who used to be his defensive coordinator in Florida. He's going to hire him, I think, to coach the linebackers, if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken. So they're, they're making, there are some moves being made, as we speak, to at least elevate these, these brothers to be in higher profile, assisted jobs, if you will. Um, I love, I want that. I really want to share with y'all, is, is what, you know, we all, you know, Talking about Bruce Arians, but Bruce Arians, he's one of the very few coaches who really practice what he preaches when it comes to diversity of hiring. Like his top four coaches on his staff are all black. Black. Yep. Goodwin, good the assistant head coach, running coordinator, Todd Bowles, the physical coordinator, Byron Leftwish, office coordinator, Keith Armstrong, special teams coordinator.
0: coordinator.
3: That's his top four. This those are his lieutenants. All
0: black. yes. So they're least, all in the Super Bowl coming up. They they're all in the
3: Super Bowl. Thank you. They're all the in the freaking Super right. Bowl. So I mean he's he's in you know Antoine Randall offensive assistant. Uh Mike Caldwell, inside linebackers coach. Uh Clyde Christensen, I think he's he's a minority. He's a car, he's a quarterback. Wow.
0: Did you say Antoine Randall Yeah. Yes. Oh, I did not know that. I, the edge know one the
3: offensive I remember receiver. his
0: days with the Steelers. There's, there's, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. When he yeah. threw that
3: pass against the Seahawks. yes, sir. yes um, sir. But, you know, he, and, you know, in addition to like the other minority coaches on the staff, there are women on the staff as well. So he practiced what he preaches. So we need, so basically I, what I'm trying to say is I think with more coaches, doing this, giving opportunities to deserving, not just, obviously not just any minority, but a deserving minority, right? You know, like Bruce Allen, I mean Bruce Allen, like but Bruce Arias has, and you know, Dan Campbell's putting the staff around him that said two topest lieutenants are black. You know, Brandon Staley and and, 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 and like elect- with elect- the Chargers. So it's being, at least more of that's being done. We need more of a pipeline. And I would say this too. One, one last thing, and I'll turn it over to Rashad Previn and Dwayne Nash. Y'all, y'all can finish this out. I, I want to, I want to give a, I want to just call out, if you will, some of the, the 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 only two black coaches in the league to do the same thing. You see what? Again, we we talked about what Bruce Harris is doing. We're talking about what some of these new head coaches are doing. We're talking about like even like um, Ron Rivera is doing another minority. Is doing mm-hmm. it in Washington. You gotta get a tree going. Andy Reid is getting the tree going. Andy Reid's been trying to help Eric B. He's trying to, and I think Pep Hamilton. I think he's still going to be the quarterbacks coach. If I'm not mistaken. And he is. Mm-hmm. So that's another one. So these white coaches are trying to get these brothers in this pipeline. I just need the Mike Tomlins of the world. I need the uh, uh, um, the, the, the cat in Miami. I need for him to do the same thing.
2: Floors. Floors, right, yeah. Right.
3: We, I need for him to do the same thing, okay? Because it's bad enough that we're, that brothers get deserving brothers are getting shut out. It's that the ones who still have, do have jobs aren't doing their part, in my opinion, to help, to, to, to like to look at his, their white colleagues, some of the white colleagues, and create a pipeline as well as some of these white colleagues are doing for deserving black coaches. So I'm going to close the show. I'm going to go with Rashad, Previn, D-Nash, you're going to close it. So floor is yours, Rashad.
0: Yeah, I echo your sentiments, man. And <clears throat> I had a great point. Uh, guys like Flores and, you know, Ron Rivera, guys who are minorities, I hope that they continue to, to hire other minorities so that you can build that tree. So I, I just, mm-hmm. what you said, um, you know, that's important. But to Dwayne's point, I hope if they have the opportunity to do so, that it's not like you said, you know, having to answer to the owner or to the GM and being that yes man. If they're ever made a yes man, it won't happen. Right. You know, so hope they get the appropriate uh, power mm-hmm. and leverage in order to, you know, make personnel decisions and be able to to have guys come up under them mm-hmm. and uh, kind of build that tree because that allows for other minorities to come in. And before you know it, we can build it and see those percentages. Go up, so I just hope that it it, it it continues, but doesn't put them in a tough situation where they're getting, like you said, those bottom of the barrel terrible jobs, terrible jobs, right? Yeah, and, and you know, just setting them up for failure. And yeah. so, like I said, I, I echo what you say, and I just hope and pray that you know it opens doors for uh, for us uh, going down the road. that?
2: Well Pete. Okay, right. Um, quickly, I'm going to go off script a little bit. Uh, I think I have well. Uh, what might be three points here. First and foremost, uh, to echo what your sentiment was, Scott, uh, talking about Bruce Arians. He's been talking his talk for actually quite a while now, now right. that I think about it. Um, he's he's kind of like the NFL, you could say, a poor man's Greg Popovich. Um, yeah. The NFL's yes. version point. of. your point, good point. Um, he's good made, point. yes, he's had um, a couple of interviews in, in print media discussing um, how he felt about um, race relations in the state, within the sport of football in general, coming up all the way through high school, college and the NFL. So right. that's an excellent point. I'm glad you reminded us in the general population out there that's watching that um, you do have a coach that is, seems to be committed to building, you know, a lineage um, and affording other minority coaches, a chance to um, establish themselves and to uh, get their foot in the door. Um, and also, excellent point, if nothing else, the numbers, it, it might not seem like much, but if you can just continue to build on that, build a base, the numbers, even if it all comes out of one organization, that's better than what we've been doing. Right. Um, it, it's been kind of on my mind, um, going back to, I guess this is going to go way off the topic here, but I think this is going to perhaps introduce another segment down the line. Mm-hmm. There's a situation in terms of minority hiring that's actually much worse than the NFL. That's college football. On the- yeah. mm-hmm. the that's um, another podcast yeah. in and of itself. Yes. That's a great point. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So um, with that in mind, you know, we heard uh, today that the University of Tennessee made a hire. Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. Who really cares? It's Josh Heifel. Um, What was interesting was <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> who was rumored to be Tennessee's preferred choice um, on that. Uh, now the name's escaping me. Um, uh, one of the, the top is, oh, the, uh, Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott at Clemson, offensive yeah, coordinator. Clemson. was right, Supposed right. to be the main target of, uh, uh, right, um, was the target at Tennessee. Um, I don't know exactly where he was, but I, this is one of those situations where I was like, man, I hope he don't take that job. Um, I said the same, same thing, thing. That's a bad situation. Tennessee is a dumpster fire NCAA right? <laughs> allegations <laughs> coming down the pipe <clears throat> right so you know questioning um, questionable uh, organization at the top in the athletic director's office um, just a lot of t- turnover up there there's a lot of chaos you don't want to see a guy go into a bad situation and as we've seen in college the league oh, yeah. is even shorter
0: Yep. Yes. and the situations mm-hmm. are oh, even worse
2: yeah you know but at the same time it's not going to get any better unless you just simply continue to pour more brothers into the to these voids and you know i'm sitting there praying that the guy doesn't take a bad job but somebody's got to do it right. and we need more somebodies that have to do it it pains right. me to say it um yep. yeah totally. you know especially seeing what's happened to charlie strong you know um yeah. I have a, a, a running joke on Ty Willingham yeah. every year. Oh, every, year. Yeah. every year.
0: Every <laughs> year. Oh, that thing yeah, makes you yeah. laugh every year, dude. I felt bad for him yeah. at Notre Dame. I felt so bad for him. Right. Notre Dame. Yeah, I have, a, like I said,
2: a long <laughs> running joke since he's been fired. So They lost a lot of I mean, black fans it, with
3: that. They lost yeah. a lot of black fans back then with that. But
2: yeah. go ahead. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, those are my thoughts <clears> on it. Um... He, like I said, it's frustrating. It's kind of like what Dwayne said. We can only be optimistic, which is sad that we have to take a cautiously optimistic stance on what we're seeing in D.C. Are they doing? You yeah, know. I the, oh. yeah, I got you. All right, D. No. I'm sorry. I just ran out of stuff to say. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, Dwayne. Close the show, man.
1: All right, before I get to my, my, my closing statement, I got to say this real quick. <laughs> After watching this LA um, uh, 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 LA Philly game, I want to go ahead and curse out the dude, the, the, the guy that wipes the floor, cleans off the floor, for wearing his pair of threes while he's doing that job. Who does that? Oh, my God. You going to mess up he don't, don't know no like
3: that, he don't know no better. He don't know I no guess. better. Yes. He don't you know no
1: better. And, and then, of course, you know, Rest in peace to one Seku Smith, man, who passed away yesterday. Yes. yes. COVID. You know, Scott yeah. and I, we normally coach the show talking about wear your mask, social distance, mm-hmm. because COVID is real. This is just another case right there of how real COVID is, man. The man's 48 years old, married yeah. kids. Very popular. Unfortunately. Sports, very, sports. Popular within very popular with the popular circles. Bro. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and yeah, exactly. So just another sad loss because of, um, this thing that was poorly taken care of, hopefully we can go ahead and get this thing taken care of a lot better with this current administration. Um, Now with policies out the way, um, let's just go ahead and say this, right? The the main reason why we talked about this entire show, the the main reason why the subject matter is is even one of importance. It's one thing and it's because of representation. Um, It it shows not only um, those that are within um, NFL offices or even college or high school offices that, you have the ability to come in and work within the front office or even become a head coach on the pro level. Um, it gives the kids an opportunity to dream and do so they can do the exact same thing too. Because let's that's, be that's real, a lot of these kids that are playing uh, junior high school, high school, or even college football, won't get an opportunity to get into the league as a player. But if they can go ahead and start prepping themselves early and building relationships, they can go ahead and get into the league so they can go ahead and, and be in on the on the front office side of things. Right. But in order for that to happen, <laughs> there has to be a face that looks like theirs in the front office to bring them in. That's one. Two, mm-hmm. as it pertains to HBCU, something that we all love <clears throat> as well as we do, um, and the horrible excuse given last, um, last winter um, about, uh, 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 because of course, you know, with COVID, we lost the HBCU combine, um, NFL combine. I think was, was 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 no. The NFL combine was altered. We lost the uh, no because NFL combine was before. So then we had the NFL combine. We lost pro days and we lost the NFL the, the HBCU combine. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the opportunities for um, head coaches and scouts to meet HBCU players on a, on a one to one basis or face to face was eliminated, even though I truly believe that's a horrible excuse because right. you can still interview a dude via Skype, but I digress, right? Yeah. So, the, of course, the whole thing is if a front office guy or coach does not necessarily trust a player, they won't take a chance on them. And a lot of times, a lot of instances, it seems as though um, that a lot of, of, of coaches or, or once who are former players that are now front office guys that used to play at HBCUs are more willing to take chances to bring in HBCU alums to play in the NFL. And we've seen that number of HBCU alums drop constantly. I could go back to um, 2013, where there were 45 guys that made an NFL roster at the beginning of the season. That number dropped to 27. 28, if you want to go ahead and add Joe Thomas from South Carolina State, that was um, brought onto a team like the following week, right? So that number almost dropped. Well, that number did drop like a, 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 a quarter of what it was seven or eight years ago. And that number is constantly dropping. If you look at the number Boom. of guys that were drafted in the NFL for HBCUs over the past four years, it was four. Last year, it was one. One guy. Um, and he was taking 17 spots before that final position. Why? Because a lot of these coaches and GMs used the excuse that we never got an opportunity to meet with these guys. So what did they do? They ended up drafting what they knew. They drafted guys from LSU. They drafted the guys from Clemson. They drafted guys from Notre Dame. There were more guys drafted from Power Five conference schools than there was any place else. As a matter of fact, there were a total of seven guys selected from the FCS D2 and D3 three level. That is insane. Seven. There were 10 schools that had more than seven guys go. I'm sorry. There were seven schools that had more than seven guys go, and there were seven guys taken from a total of 256 programs. Insane. Hopefully, the addition of more minority head coaches and minority um, front scouting. office guys yeah, the and the minority staff. scouts will reduce mm-hmm. this. <clears throat> My hope is that it happens because, man, the, the only way that that happens is, like I said before, we have representation and representation
3: matters. Well said, brother. That's a cool mm-hmm. way to end the show. So, thank you guys for, for joining me on this all podcast. you so smarter than me. <laughs> 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 hey. Allegedly. Hey. Allegedly. Hey. We're allegedly smarter, but uh, Sorry, can I say something
0: before can... we go? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Sure, right quick. Go ahead. Big brother. shout out to uh, Alex Brown and Antonio Hamilton, South Carolina State alums, playing in the Super Bowl. Uh next Sunday, not this coming Sunday, of course, but next right. Sunday. So right. I'm a South Carolina guy, so just wanted to shout out them and uh HBCUs. Um, there's two guys from Central playing as well, North Carolina Central, and then another
1: oh. yeah, um, um
0: Prairie View uh, A&M, Scott, I think. Yeah. And
1: um, um, um Quentin Bell. Quentin, yeah. South of Quentin Bell. Quentin Bell was playing wide <laughs> receiver at, at Prairie View m until the coach said, Hey. You got speed. You're fast. Right. Let's move you to DN. In this yeah. final year as DN in wow. Preview, he got seven sacks. And somehow yeah. parlayed that one year into him being signed on to the Oakland Raiders um, as uh, as a DN. And he's still in the league two years later. Shout out to to, to Quentin Bell, man. So yeah, those five guys. Wow,
3: wide receiver at the DN. That's cool. Yes.
1: yeah. I, I forget there's a, a guy from Howard um, that's on the... Coaching staff somewhere. I just can't remember what his, what his um his, his his uh his exact position is. But yes, five guys that are that are currently on and well, that are on the two rosters, four that are on the field, one that's on the practice squad that will be participating on uh, Super Bowl Sunday.
3: That's yes, awesome. Sir. That's that's awesome. Hey, hey thank you. thanks for the tip, of Rashad. That's that's really appreciated. So it has been a great show. We gotta do this again. Yeah, we, we gotta do this again. We gotta do this again real soon.
0: Uh, oh, yeah.
3: The, yes, anything such as comes up or HBCU, we have our HBCU table every year anyway, so we're going to get that going again. We'll probably do it in the spring, as a matter of fact, since a lot of FCS schools, including the obviously the MAC, the, the MIAC rather, and the SWAC are going in the spring, so we're probably going to have that discussion there as well. Yeah, MIAC
1: media day is tomorrow, and oh. hey, Previn, I'm only as smart as I am because I've been cheating off your paper for years. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> it's a short paper, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a short paper
2: Anyway,
1: all the
3: right answers y'all crazy anyway for those of you out there man as always wear a mask if you can't wear a mask stay your ass at home wash your hands COVID is real we know it's real get with the program and one last thing please subscribe to the channel we'd appreciate it we express. We, we love we we, 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 we we need the love we're full of love we're going to spread the love and one last thing, I see D. Nice did it. I meant to call y'all earlier. Get the merch. Get the merch. Got Cafe. Yes, sir. CafePress.com. Yeah, I, I was
2: like, yo. Yes, we got the merch,
3: man. CafePress.com. Search for the cloud Tide Sports. I'm going to put the the uh, link in the description on YouTube sometime tomorrow and upload this, this video. So that's a wrap. So thank y'all for tuning in to this great podcast. We'll see you again next week.